Hello, and thanks for tuning in to Discover DEP, the official podcast of the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection. I'm your host, Gladys Geron. Each week, we talk with DEP experts, scientists, and environmental professionals about how we protect and preserve New Jersey's air, land, water, and natural and historic resources. You can subscribe to Discover DEP on iTunes or Google Play. You can also follow Discover DEP on the web at nj.gov DEP. Thanks for listening. In Discover DEP's sixth episode, Frank McLaughlin told us about the Community Collaborative Initiative and how it got its start in Camden. Now, the CCI has expanded to three additional cities across the state, which will be featured on the next few episodes. This episode will focus on Perth Amboy, the second city to join the initiative. The CCI is a solutions-oriented partnership between governmental, nonprofit, private, and community-based agencies formed to plan and implement innovative strategies to improve the environment and the quality of life of Perth Amboy's residents. The collaborative is built upon the success of environmental initiatives underway, made possible by the efforts and resources of multiple partners that have come together to address the complex environmental issues present in the city. Today, we are joined by Bill Lindner, single point of contact for Perth Amboy through DEP's Community Collaborative Initiative. Bill, thanks for joining us. Hey, Gladys. Thank you for having me. Bill, when did Perth Amboy join the CCI, and why was Perth Amboy chosen as the second city to join? Well, Gladys, as you know, as a science-based agency, we have a lot of data, and we try to take a lot of that data and analyze it and try to figure out what other cities, in addition to Camden, which we've talked about with my colleague Frank McLaughlin, what other cities have a need for a program like this? So we crunched a lot of the data, and we came up with Perth Amboy as one of the cities that was had some, had some issues and had some needs that we thought we might be able to help. So at the end of the day, after we crunched all the numbers, it wound up that Perth Amboy had many different brownfield sites, many contaminated sites, combined sewer overflows, many air sources. They're at the intersection of several major highways. They have several refinery-type operations in the city. So the city definitely had a need. And at the end of the day, we wound up having the intersection of brownfields and combined sewer overflows seemed to keep floating to the top on the cities that were on our list of cities that we might be able to help. And Perth Amboy has many brownfields and 16 combined sewer overflows, and we felt that they would be a good city to try to help. The other important part of that is that we also were looking for cities that were ready to be helped. And, you know, that's an interesting statement. What does that mean, ready to be helped? And for, from our perspective, it meant that we found people who were working in the city who were going to be capable of having getting into this partnership with us. So obviously there's always the mayor and her staff, but we know that those aren't the people we're going to be discussing projects with every day and having a day-to-day relationship with. We needed strong people who had relationships on the ground in the city, but also had the mayor's ear so that we can make sure that we move our projects forward with the authorization and collaboration of the city staff and the city hierarchy. In this particular case, my key partner wound up being the city planner, Annie Hindenlang, who, you know, sometimes it's all about chemistry, right? And you meet people who understand what you're there for and you click and all of a sudden you start having some ideas about projects and about things that you can, projects that you have the ability to move forward. 
So the, the ready-to-be-help part is really a critical part of our process with CCI, and Perth Hamboy uh, met those criteria. Okay. And can you tell us about the Second Street Park project? I understand that's the big project with CCI in Perth Amboy right now. Yeah, so it's interesting. You know, we came into town in August of 2015 and met with the mayor and had our kickoff meeting and all that stuff. And it went great. And, and we talked about some of the projects the mayor was interested in. And one of her big projects was opening a swimming beach. Now, if you know a little bit about Perth Amboy, to explain a little bit of the background of the city and its geography... The city is surrounded by water on three sides. One side's the Arthur Kill to the east, and then to the south is the Raritan Bay, and to the west somewhat is the Raritan River. So it's in an interesting place, and they have shipping traffic, and they have the CSOs that come across their city and outfall into the Raritan Bay. So when the mayor talked about that being a top priority, we knew that was going to be a heavy lift for anyone. And we started to talk about some other projects in the city, and, and basically part of the process was, you know, what are your environmental issues in the city? We, we think we know what they are, but part of the reason that we're coming to you is we want to understand what you think they are and what the people who live there think they are. And that's one of the important things about the Community Collaborative is about us going to them, right? I mean, most people, when they deal with New Jersey DEP, they come to us. And that's not a knock on the program or a knock on the DEP. It's just that's the way it is. And one of the things that we were trying to change was what, what would happen if we went to them and we sort of embedded ourselves in these communities and had a better understanding of what the needs of the communities are from their eyes. So the Second Street Park project, you know, was one of the projects that was listed middle of the road on their list of, of things to do. And that one kind of jumped out at me. And I said, you know, maybe that's an interesting project for us to get involved with. And part of that ready to be helped is going through that analysis with your partner in the city and saying to your partner, in this case, the planner, well, you know, how much work have you done in that project? And where does that project stand? And what's the status of it? And what would be the impact of actually getting that project done? So it winds up that they had worked with Rutgers University. They had a grant from EPA. And Rutgers had done a preliminary design on this site. And the site used to be a former scrapyard. And like every former scrapyard, there's materials left behind in the soil from this, this particular site had operated for about 90 years. Mm -hmm. And like many of our cities, you know, with old industrial paths, especially in the coastal zone where they had shipping and operations, they've had really, really long industrial paths. So 90 years isn't that uncommon in some areas like this. Um, so this particular site had some PCB contamination, had metals contamination, some low-level volatile contamination. And the city had actually purchased this site about 20 years ago, trying to figure out how to make this site into a park. It's 100 feet away from an elementary school, right across the street. And on the other side, it's bordered by train tracks. And it's six acres, linear park. And to me, I tried to start connecting some dots on this thing. You know, how many dominoes can we push over by doing a project like this? And what are the impacts of this project on the community? And obviously on the school next door and potentially even have an economic impact. So the project, we started to talk about how we can move this project forward. And obviously money always comes up. So um, I was able to piece together several million dollars through multiple funding sources within the state of New Jersey, all from DEP, the Natural Resource Damages Fund, HDSRF, the Hazardous Discharge Site Remediation Fund. And you know, working through the hierarchy at DEP, uh, we're able to shine a spotlight on this project and move a project that the city had on the back burner 
to the front burner. And it was only on the back burner, not because it wasn't important. It's was just because the city just didn't know how to get there on their own. Right. And as many people know, navigating the department's not that easy. And having somebody like myself embedded in their city, but also embedded in DEP with, with, a, with a pretty good background knowledge of, of the many programs that we have here in the department, we're able to bring all these issues together, some of the permitting issues that needed to be ironed out, the funding issues that needed to be ironed out, the cleanup issues, the park design, and all those things. And we were able to get a project that's just about to break ground for remediation. So the city's really excited about it, and um, as are we at the department. And what amenities will the park bring to the community once completed? So what's interesting about it is, like I mentioned, there's a, there's a community elementary school across the street from the park. So when Rutgers came in to do this initial design, they did a tremendous amount of community outreach. And that's really important to us as the DEP as well, is we want to make sure that the projects that we're working on, that we're pushing forward, that we're helping to fund and navigate, are also projects that are important to the community. So this particular project, they had over 500 participants comment on what they would like to see in that park. Many of those participants came from the school across the street, which, you know, in my mind, I think in anybody's mind, makes it that much sweeter, right? And, and how much more interesting to us as a department. So those kids talked about they wanted a skateboard park and they wanted, you know, performance space and they wanted open lawn where they could play and they wanted fitness tracks and, you know, fitness amenities where um, stations. And, you know, we, we also tried to weave in some things that the DEP was interested in, some natural plantings and some green infrastructure. So it really was we were able to marry together all these different things onto a six acre city park. And six acres doesn't sound that big for a suburban park, but for a city park, six acres is pretty substantial. And it's going to make a big difference in that community. One of the other things that was interesting about this particular project is that it's called the Second Street Park, like you mentioned. And at the other end of Second Street, one end of Second Street is the Raritan River. So it ends right into the water. So this park actually has waterfront. And then the other end of Second Street ends at their community train station. And so... What was interesting to us also was well, what are the what are some of the social benefits that can be derived from this? This Second Street project could could help the city connect their waterfront to their train station, and this is in a city where forty percent of the population doesn't own cars. So having a recreational outlet close to the neighborhoods and close for people who may be coming in on mass transit, and really the showcase of the city is the waterfront and getting the people down to the waterfront is really important to the mayor and really important to the city and, as I mentioned, really important to the population. And what are some other projects and environmental opportunities that are being presented in Perth Amboy? So one of the other projects, I mentioned that Second Street Park is on one side is an elementary school and on the other side is a train track. On the other side of the train tracks from the school is a 100-acre former Judeau steel manufacturing facility. So that particular project changed hands while I was embedded in the city. And we started to have conversations with that redeveloper about they want to come in and put a warehouse on that site. And we started to have conversations with them about, well, how can we do things differently? And when you start those conversations early, they're better received. Oftentimes when projects like that get to DEP, they're already pretty far down the road. So they have engineering designs complete. And they have their plans all in place and they have a direction of how they're going to do their stormwater infrastructure. They have a direction of how they're going to do their environmental cleanup. They have a lot of that, those issues worked out already. So sometimes when we have conversations at a later date, 
they are less willing and for, for good reasons, for, for financial reasons, to make changes to those projects. But since we were able to have these conversations early, having known that these pro- this uh, particular property was being sold, we met with them very soon after the fact that they had uh, changed hands. So we started having conversations with them about how could we do things differently on this particular project. We have opportunities. Uh, I mentioned earlier we have 16 combined sewer overflows. And the city is mandated to actually fix those overflows and, and have sewer separation or treatment at some point down the road. And so by doing things like green infrastructure projects where we manage the stormwater a little bit differently on site and we're able to percolate some of the groundwater through rain gardens and pervious pavement, mm-hmm. we can help improve the combined sewer overflow issues. And so we started to talk to them about that and how can we do these things differently? We don't necessarily have to do it with traditional gray infrastructure with pipes and basins and all those things. What if we can make it greener? What if we can make it more pleasant for the city? So one of the interesting things that we came upon working closely with the water program, and the great thing about my job in, in community collaborative initiative is I don't, I don't want to do other people's jobs, but I want to connect dots and I want to get these people connected to other parts of the department that can help them in new ways that they didn't even know about. Mm-hmm. And also bring the department and our initiatives to these places where we have the potential to do green infrastructure on projects where uh, the water program itself may not have known we had the potential to do it. So to connect those dots is really what's fascinating about the job for me. So we were able to talk to them about how we could make this project into something a little bit different. So the city planner talked to them about, well, how can we have interconnection through your site to get to the waterfront? How can we connect our senior center, which is on one side of your 100-acre site, to the waterfront and actually allow them access through your property and still let you be able to do the work you need to do. And then we started to talk about, well, you have a stormwater basin over here that would have been done in the traditional method. It would have been a basin that wouldn't be useful to anyone. But what if we were able to use the green infrastructure like the porous pavement and the rain gardens and now turn this area that was going to be a basin into an amphitheater for the city and have it be another amenity to the Second Street Park next door? And what if we were able to go under the train tracks along the beachfront and actually have connectivity with the Second Street Park project and now have these additional dominoes start to fall? Mm-hmm. And so it became a really fascinating project for the city as well. And, and now we're talking about not just bringing jobs to a blue collar neighborhood in need of jobs, but also bringing some social amenities to an area where, you know, it could have just been an environmental cleanup project. And so by being able to talk to these people early and having conversations with the department about navigating, you know, we can get there and do make good projects into great projects. So, Phil, this sounds like great work. And can you explain to us why do you think the work you're doing with CCI matters? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, and if you don't understand the why, then, you know, you probably don't have a good basis for what you're doing. So, I mean, I think why it matters is that for the department, from our, our, our angle as an agency, you know, we do great work in our individual programs, mm-hmm. but oftentimes we stay in our individual lanes for our programs. And so, uh, you know, we might have a Green Acres project where they're building a park, which is, you know, very close by to a site remediation brownfield cleanup project, which is next to a water program, green infrastructure project doing stormwater upgrades, which might be next to another project with natural resource restoration doing a wetlands restoration. And all those are really, really good projects but they're all in, in, in their individual program lanes. Mm-hmm. So what we're trying to do is, you know, fill the gaps 
and connect the programs where they need to be connected. And, you know, we can do green infrastructure in a brownfield. So maybe we can make that green infrastructure project even better by merging it with the project next door that the programs didn't realize were happening. Mm -hmm. And so when we have this, you know, 30,000 foot level, we're looking down and trying to understand and, you know, we're trying to leverage and integrate and find the synergies between the programs, between the projects, between the funding sources. And like I said earlier, we're trying to make good projects into great projects that really have a transformational impact on the community and, and look beyond our traditional role as the DEP, which everybody expects us to do the environmental work. But what about when we can pick up some of the economic and social gains as well while we do the economic work, uh, while we do the environmental work? And, and those are the kind of projects that really matter to the communities. And when you get into the community, you start to understand that. Yeah. And I'm sure these projects are very important to them. It just improves their quality of life in Perth Amboy. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, we're trying to look at this through, like, through a different lens than, than we have traditionally at DEP. You know, we're, we're actually looking beyond the, the environmental work and looking for quality of life improvements. And, and we're looking for unexpected partners. And we're looking for, mm -hmm. you know, this is about building relationships with the people in the city, with the people who run the city, and with some of the partners in the city. And we're always looking for unexpected partners. And I think that's what makes us unique. We're coming in here not as a regulator, but as a partner. And we're trying to make things happen where perhaps they've been stalled for a really long time and for a lot of good reasons. And Bill, you were on a previous episode with us about the work that you do with Brownfield Redevelopment. Tell us what else you do here at DEP. Yeah, so when I'm not in Perth Amboy, I manage the Office of Brownfield Rees for the site remediation program within DEP. And this program is about trying to look beyond just the cleanups and also trying to look into redevelopment and making the, making the sites we clean up into something new. And we have a lot of people within site remediation who, who focus on the cleanups and we focus on the next step. And the Community Collaborative Initiative was actually built out of the Brownfields Development Area Program, the BDA program where we would look at uh, a conglomeration of multiple contaminated sites in one city and concentrate on how we can make a bigger impact by cleaning up several sites at once. And then we thought to ourselves, well, what would happen if we were actually concentrating on an entire city? And where could we take that? And uh, having the awareness level that we have of all these different types of projects and digging a little deeper beyond some of the uh, just the environmental and into the social and, and the economic gains as well and, and literally digging down into the quality of life stuff. So we think that's what makes it unique and different, and, and uh, that's some of the stuff that we're most proud of, is being able to tie that work in. Well, Bill, I want to thank you for taking the time and joining us and telling us a little bit about the work that you do in Perth Amboy. And I really hope to be able to visit Second Street Park one day. Yeah, I think in the next year or so, we'll have a ribbon cutting there, and it's going to be a great event. And um, hopefully all those kids from across the street will be there to witness it and, uh, and enjoy that new, new park we're going to build for the community. Thanks, Gladys. Thank you, Bill. Thanks for listening to Discover DEP. If you have comments on this podcast or ideas for future podcast topics, please email us at podcast at dep.nj.gov. Enjoy the rest of your day.